public speaking has always made me very, very nervous, like neuro on a neurological level. And, um, so there's a part of me that feels safe when I'm writing because I can spend a really long time working through one sentence. And also I can make sure that it's padded by all of the caveats and all of the, you know, like, well, you could look at it this way. You could look at it that way. You could, you know, and I can, I can really distill what it is that I'm trying to get across. Whereas when I'm up on a stage or even in a, even in an interview context, like, you know, I could say the thing not quite the way that I mean it. And even if I backtrack and try and explain the thing, I've already said it, I can't edit it. Hmm. And I think that's where, that's where writing becomes actually a really powerful tool for, um, expressing yourself because you can spend hours choosing one word and it's very time consuming and very emotionally taxing. But at the same time, like Mm. when you're forced to put it down on paper, you can, you're you're also forced to like, I'm forced to figure out what I actually think. Mm. I can kind of like, I feel like I can freestyle enough in conversation to not, to not really put my foot down and say anything with Mm. writing. I, there's a lot less leeway, you know, you, or maybe a lot less patience or tolerance with that kind of, you know, wishy-washy, buzzwordy stuff that, (laughs) you know, sometimes (laughs) happens. Welcome to the Taking Out the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. Today's guest is Jason Rogers. He's an Olympian. He's a writer. Um, he is a man who is providing spaces for men to navigate some discomfort through words. As we had this conversation, uh, you'll hear us talk about this one phrase that came up about being vulnerable publicly. Like vulnerability publicly. I think when you hear Brene Brown talk about vulnerability, it's this idea that the parts of myself that I'm willing with another person to let myself be seen a little bit more. As I look at the shirt that we have, this new shirt, and what happened to be struck out, uh, what struck to me, what struck to me, what um, what stood out to me, well, I can't think of my words, what stood out to me was this idea that this I was kind of like in the in the screen, at least definitely right now. And I wonder, we were talking about, is it possible to be vulnerable if it's not public? Now, public is relative, right? So is public one person? Is public multiple people? Is public social media? Like, where is public? Like, if you're with your family, that's not really public, but it's outside of your own self. So it is a level of vulnerability because even though they're family, it's now in the hands of others to do what they want with that information. The willingness to be vulnerable means I'm willing to be a little bit more, that people see a little bit more, hear a little bit more. I'm willing to connect a little deeper. Like there is room to talk about that. There is importance to talk about that. And so in this conversation, as we discuss writing and speaking and what are the ways that we communicate that feel the most authentic to us, and maybe that we want to be able to do another one better, but we have not yet found that the magic key that gets us to do that more comfortably like for me in writing like as maybe some of you've known or i've talked about like 
I want to. I have a book that it's in the brain. <laughs> I was gonna say in the works because that, but that probably be a little bit not accurate. Like I have not worked on it for a little bit. I, I'm always thinking about it, but I don't know. I'm not always working on it. And I think some of it has been me trying to overthink it and overdo it. And how about not doing that anymore? And I think a, a lessons that I can continue to learn about it, and I continue to come back to, is if we get a chance ourselves to be more of who we dream of being. Would we do it? If we had the opportunity to push ourselves to being the best that we could be, would we do it? We all have a choice. And I just read a book. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I, I wasn't yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get this book. It's by an author who I have read several of his publications, some of his books. Um this book is called The Choice by Og Mandino. And I was at the bookstore in Oakland, um, a used bookstore. It was, it was a bookstore, but they have a lot of used books in Oakland. And this one is actually signed by him. Og Mandino. I think it says for Shirley or something. I don't know. But thank you, Shirley, for letting this book be captured because is now mine, a signed book by Ogmandino. And um, it's a really great book. It's actually a book about a writer of all books, right? To read a book about a writer uh, who left his original career to begin writing a book that took him longer than he expected, but the book then takes off. And a, a lot of stories in here. And I, and I didn't do a lot of writing in this book because I was like, do you write in a book that's signed? I don't really know. But I didn't want to write in it. But I, a part of it, that stood out to me in this book. And this is probably way too long for an intro, but I'm going to try and see if I can find that one line that I underlined because I only underlined one part in here. This is about writing. How, how ironic that I'm reading a part in this book. The one thing that I wrote that I underlined was about writing too. Uh, he, The man in the story went to go see an older man who invited him and it was a art, uh, uh, Arthur, an author who had written many books he was giving gratitude to this writer who had written a book that he had read and he was so inspired. And he says, let me try and find a bit. I don't know what my life would be like today if I hadn't followed the principles of living I learned from you. And I underline this part. You taught me how to cope with the world. But more important, you taught me how to cope with myself. The old man lowered his head. You were very kind. Even after all these years, it's good to hear such words again. Vanity is an almost incurable disease. And that's the one that I wrote. Um, it talks about what books, what happened with books. Um, it talks about how Thoreau talked about this idea of lives of quiet desperation that many men live. And this is a book I was really excited about. And I think, you know, I've not read an Augmentino book in a long time, but I was glad to read this. I think I read it in about two days. And what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to end up writing more, writing more. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say reading more. <laughs> but maybe I do need to be writing more. So with all that said, I want to thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Thank you for uh, listening and for watching and for being a part of these episodes and knowing that what we're trying to do is normalize men coming together and having real conversations. I hope that you begin to do the work that you want to do, need to do, feel the opportunity to do, to become and be your more full, 
authentic self. I look forward to uh, hearing from you in the notes and hearing from you in the comments and hearing from you on the podcast, hearing from you on Instagram. Thank you for sharing this with anyone you feel can be inspired. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care, folks. See you next time. Hey, Jason Rogers. Good to see you. And uh, thank you for being here on the Taking Out the Mask podcast. Yeah, such an honor. Thanks so much for having me. So listen, I would like you, if you're willing to introduce yourself, We like, I like the guests to tell the nuggets that they want. Because I have your bio, but I would like you to just tell the parts of yourself that feel good and relevant to, to share with the audience right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Jason Rogers. I'm 39. I'm a native Los Angelino. Um, you know, currently I'm spending most of my time writing kind of journalism style work, mostly for men's health magazine. And, um, but I'm a two-time Olympian and Olympic silver medalist in fencing for the U S team from 2004 and 2008. Congratulations. And thank you. Thanks, Thanks so for much. that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to um, connect with you. You know, I, 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 I met you in this, in this virtual world through, um, the men's health conference last year. Um, that every man helped to, or well, it was a collaboration with every man. And, uh, and I was like, man, um, something, I just wanted to like find some time to connect. And I'm glad that we finally got to make this happen. So thank you. Me too. Me too. And likewise, I think we sat on a panel together and I was sitting there listening to you say smart stuff. And I was like, mm hmm, mm hmm, not in my head, <laughs> taking notes. Man, well, I appreciate you because I'm always ready for notes. You know, I've always got my plan, my pen and paper ready uh, to, to be in connection with men who are willing to do the work. Cause I think the work is, is, is so important and valuable to, to our community and society that we get a space, we make the space, we take the time to listen to each other and hear each other. And so thank you for being willing to be heard today. So it's a pleasure. It's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Let's, let's get into it. Let's do it. So what we're what we're trying to do right now, I, I'm going to name it because I I love to name the real like you know with this Zoom I could just re-record 18 times and no one would know that like we would just keep a show right. But we were we were in it. We were in a conversation, and guess what? Technology decided nope. I don't I don't want that take. And technology said we're gonna make a new take. And um, but I'm so thankful for you and your patience. And um, you know, folks behind the scenes sometimes I'm good at putting on these masks. And if this show started taking off the mask, this is the, the first step of it. It's like, hey, you know, I could put a production together and you would think that it was just seamless, but guess what? It, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> and it usually isn't. But, uh, you know, I got a good editor. Ryan is a good editor, so he makes it all look like nothing ever happened. But I usually break the third wall and tell you, hey, guess what? We just had a moment. And uh, it's really about trying to be as real as possible, but also saying, hey, sometimes it's important to know that no matter how good I get to put these masks on, I really want to do a good job of like letting you know the real. And and that's what these conversations let us do. So Jason, you're the guest. So you get to decide who goes first and um and I'll follow your lead. Well, I'm a I'm 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 wondering if our technology crash was uh, a sign from the universe, because I went first in our first version. So maybe I'm gonna switch it up and have you go first. <laughs> All right. I, I, I gladly take it. And all, everything happens for a reason. So, all right. So I don't know what I was drawing today, but this is the drawing that came up. It's like a, I don't even know what it is, but it's something. Uh, that's the mask. It's actually, oh, you know, oh, you know what it is? 
Okay, I'm, okay, I'm gonna read this and I'm gonna tell you what it is afterwards. Here are the words I put on the front: serious, funny, and caring. And the face doesn't look like it's too funny. It looks definitely more serious. And I think about this image. It's almost like a so it's like some ceramic thing that got put back together, right? I don't even know how, why I drew what I drew, but it came out right. And I was reading this quote. I think it, I don't know who wrote the quote, but it was like where the the cracks are is where the light gets let in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that as I think about my seriousness, it was having to be always serious and having to always have all the answers and have it always figured out. And if you didn't, you're not strong or tough or a real man. And and as much as I really want to be funny and caring a lot of the time, like <laughs> serious, serious usually led, you know, and it usually took over. Serious was. Like I was in charge. I was a, I was the oldest of my siblings. I was always, I was the oldest of four or three at one point. Then my youngest brother was born. But I was I was raising my siblings, you know. And most times I want to be funny and caring, but you don't got no time for that. Nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for your silliness. You got the time to be funny. Go get stuff done. Go take care of your whatever. And I was, and I think sometimes when we think about the cracks of all the things that happened growing up, or what happened to me, sometimes I. I don't want to look at them. I want to like glue it, duct tape it, bond it. Like you can't see through it. But every once in a while, those cracks need to be retaped, right? Those cracks. And I think it's where the light comes in. If you, if, if I, because I run from some of my old pain, is why I think sometimes I miss maybe some of the opportunities that are maybe waiting because I'm trying not to look at them. I'm trying not to to see it because it's easier sometimes not to although i think in the long run it's definitely better to to mend them and to and to notice them and say look this is where you're the reason you are so caring about people is because you know what it's like to be in a situation where you didn't feel cared for where the reason it's you try and keep things lighthearted is because you've been at times where there was not it was not funny right and i think that just but it's oftentimes serious leads and and it's interesting i wrote serious first today I've been trying not to do that in the past, but it came out that that's where it's, that's where my energy is, is being really serious. And so that's the front of my mask. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can really relate to that. I mean, the idea of serious being kind of like the tip of the spear where, you know, like I got to I got to get stuff done. I got to be on it. I got to be viewed as responsible. I got to have my shit together, you know, whatever the kind of presenting interpretation that you want people to have is like, I mean, it's so, it's so constraining, I think to feel that way. And I totally, I'm an only child, so I can't necessarily grasp what it would be like to be an older sibling caretaker role, but I can see like, no, it's like, Hey, the world is harsh. And if you don't, you know, put on, you know, your serious pants, like you're going to get taken advantage of. There's no, no time for play. So I hear you. And I'm sorry that you carry that. I think that's, we all do on some level, but it's a heaviness and it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Thank you for that. Ruth. I appreciate you. Mm. Well, there, there's a, there's a in that moment, I think in this moment right now, like, as I was thinking about those two, right. Like what's happening in our world. Like I care so much, but, but I, I also have time. I feel like I have to shut it out. Like, I got to shut all the care. Like, I'm a feeler. I'm a, uh, I feel things I don't even want to be feeling, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I sometimes have to be like, I got to turn the news off. I got to turn the, 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 
the stories of what's happening in our world off because because I care so much, I I go into feeling so deep. And then I feel like I'm not focused on work and I'm like, so I have to like dance between being my more full hearted self and being a person who has a job to do and can't spend a whole lot of, well, don't feel like I can spend a whole lot of time talking about these tragic things that are happening. And in those places, I really want to be talking about those things, right? And I think those are the dance I play. So I'm just constantly trying to like, let the light in, right? Like, okay, you're feeling it. You better acknowledge it because I know what happens if I don't. I know what happens when I try and pretend like I'm not feeling all those things. It's coming out somewhere. The sadness, the worry, the you know, all those things. So I'll stop there because all oh, you can share the front of yours and then we'll jump into the back. I think I'm already, the back is calling already too. So it's exciting. Well, I just, before I do, I wanted to react to that because I think there's a part of me, you know, the, the framing there was, you know, like a lot of this stuff is coming up for me and I sometimes I got to put it away and, yeah. you know, get on with it, you know, keep on keeping on. But is there's a degree to which I, I'll, I'll be super straight with you. Like I'm kind of jealous of that because mm. I think, you know, my history background, both as an athlete, both as, you know, a guy moving through the world, but also someone who, which will, you know, struggle with my own anxieties, like, I think I locked all that stuff away. And so now even, you know, after a lot of work, I still feel like I have so much more work to take my pickaxe and hack through that ice that's like, covering up all those feelings that I know are under there, but get muted, you know, and sort of like reduced into, you know, something smaller than what they they really are. Um, and that's where it's interesting. Like we all have our, you know, we all have our battles and we sit on one side of the seesaw and it's like, I'm too far on this side, you know, and then you try and make your way to the middle, but you're on the other side and you're trying to make your way out to the other middle and we meet somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, I think it's a beautiful place to name it, right? Of where of all the places you get a chance to like process those things, right? As you're mm -hmm. seeing them, feeling them, experience them. When you notice someone else experiencing or feeling, like how do you? Okay, okay, I see what's happening there. And I think I, I for so long in my life was a I, I shut it down. I was a stuffer. You know what I'm saying? Like all of the emotions, not just anger, not just fear. Like I stuffed every one of them, even the positive ones. Like I don't got time to be. Nobody in my community, you know, it's like, don't be, who are you bragging? Who do you think you are? You think you're special? Nope, I don't. I actually really don't. And then how do you, <laughs> and you constantly go into stuffing mode just to just be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's mm -hmm. okay. Right. And just keep it moving. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Well, well, I, if you're ready, I'll let you go and do your, share your front. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's already starting. So my uh, my mask is, you know, it's this kind of like super happy face. Maybe it's a bit of a sun, like trying to radiate good energy. It says mm. nice exclamation point, confident, yeah. easygoing. Um, and I think that's a that's a performance that I've been locked into and I remain locked into you know, on some level for, for a long time, like the idea of like, you know, being a 
a good boy, you know, and like following the rules and having everyone like me and, you know, working really hard for other people's approval and praise. And, um, you know, I think part of that, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that like wants to be, wants to present is like, Oh yeah, I'm so relaxed and chill. And like a lot of people tell me that I present that way. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I am like the duck, you know, with the feet, you know, moving a million miles an hour underneath the water to avert any type of, you know, awkward crisis that I might see in the horizon. And it's a lot of work. And, um, yeah, it's, and then on the confidence front, like, you know, there's, that's a, that's a deep vein because I think as an athlete, confidence is such a integral part of not, not just athletic performance, but how you navigate competition focus spaces. Um, and so there's a, the artifice of that is always there and always important, but in my personal case, you know, I was always, I struggled a lot. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with pressure. Um, you know, I struggled with anxiety around sex and relationships during the height of my athletic career, which is like a very, very, um, you know, it's the type of stuff you don't talk to with your buddies, your teammates or anything. So I was holding a lot of that and I still hold some part of that. And, but at the same time, I'm like, nope, I'm trying to, I'm confident. I know what I'm doing. Cause that's just what, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I love the way you said that's what we're supposed to do. And I think I, I, there, there was no manual growing from me growing up. There was no, but there was a lot of like the, the pressure of the nurturing of that was so powerful. Right. Like there was not a book that said, here's how you be a boy. Here's how you be a man. It was, you just watched it happen. You just watched it around you and you watched the, well, I, I watched how the older men and older boys were respected and by doing certain things. And, and I was like, Oh wait, Oh, I have to do that. That's oh, okay. Well then that works. Okay. Um, and I know that most times I tried stuff that I saw old, <laughs> other people doing that didn't work for me. And I'm like, what's, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong here? Like I'm, 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 I'm being like they were being, I'm, I'm using the words they were using. I'm, and it's not working. And you realize, well, cause I'm trying to be something else. Like I'm trying to be somebody else. And I think as a young person, I never, now I never understood that. I think not until I got, not until later, but I always thought it was something wrong with me. Like I'm trying to be like somebody else, which I mean, it, it seems obviously we shouldn't be like other people, but it happens so often. And, it, and it's almost, almost, well, if you want to receive that kind of respect, you better do that. And sometimes even the older boys in my community, older young men would tell you, you know, like my elementary school, we shared a bus with high school students and middle school students. So first, I think however we drove, the high school students would get off first. Then you'd be left with the middle schoolers and then the middle schools. Would, so you would be the first hearing, watching the behavior of the high schoolers. And then you start watching the middle schoolers. And then it was left to us elementary kids to test out what we had saw that morning. And I, I tell you, I tested on some ridiculous behaviors, right? Because it's what I saw everyone in the community doing and the ones who got their most respect and the most applause and the most accolades. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, mm. I think we'll jump into the back. You ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So just naming this day right now, there's a lot going on a lot. <laughs> and this one is a heavy one. So, um, 
there are the three. Uh, doubt. I, I don't think I've ever even written the word overwhelmed before without spell check. So that's supposed to say overwhelmed <laughs> and fear. And um, fear is a, fear. Fear is like a compound word because it's the fear of failure. Maybe it's a fear of success. Sometimes it's the fear of like not achieving to the level of my g- dreams. It's fear of this thing not this 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 thing I'm trying to build not working out the way I want it to work out and I. Fear usually goes first. I've been really trying to push fear back. Like, I'm really trying to, like, do a lot of work. But the doubt is connected. But I would say a real doubt first and we're overwhelmed. Just today is a heavy day. Just this week. I mean, we have a big event next weekend. And um, we have some transitions on our team happening that came out of the blue, right? And so it, it's been really, I, as, a, as a leader, I've been trying to, like, keep it together right like as a leader you don't get to complain i mean i have a men's team so i can go and i can do some venting there but sometimes even there i feel like i shouldn't take up so much space and so sometimes i'm just carrying a lot of it in here why is this happening i'm not happy that this is happening what am i going to do about this happening and all the things and the feelings sometimes of like like i i read a lot of books about you know people who have done amazing movements and oftentimes i think i missed the part i missed this part <laughs> i missed this part in the book either i don't see it or i don't want to I, I ignore it but i don't think i read it a lot where what am i gonna do right it, it may be like one paragraph oh and then this happened and then i was like oh my goodness and wow look a million dollars came in the door and i got this. and then the book changes to like the success right and i'm like this part is going on for a long time right it's, it's like a it's, it's it's not a one paragraph. It's like multiple pages of this of this chapter that feels sometimes like. And what I've been wanting to do more of. Um, I made a post last two weeks ago or a week ago about going to a, a talk when no one showed up, and I was like, I don't want to be complaining. Like, what do I do? I mean, first of all, I was like, am I ego in the way? What am I? What, why would I share this if, you, if if no one showed up? That's kind of embarrassing, right? And then I had to like ask myself, what was I trying to do if, to share it? Like, am I sharing it for me? Am I sharing it to like, what am I sharing it for, right? And I think I had to come to the place of like, anyone who wants to start an enterprise or start something, I want them to see all sides of it. I have a hard time sharing even the success stories. I, I feel like I'm bragging or something, and I'm not really trying to, but I feel that. I have a hard time sharing the, the hard times because I feel like I'm complaining like, it's almost like, well, when do I share? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't. So I think I have the, I have to work on myself around what, what's the purpose. And I think ultimately the purpose is to help people. And I want to help people who are who are believing in themselves. And when the self-doubt and the negative voices come, they get a chance to say, oh, that's, that's not all of it. That is part of it. And if I can continue helping people see that, you know, in this journey of what things go really well, there's some days where I'm just like, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what's more to do. And I told some of my mentees, I've quit this job at least 50 times. And then I get up the next morning and I start back at it again, you know? Like, I'm done. And I just go to bed, I wake up, and I'm back at it again. Like, it's not a, it's like one of them mini quits, right? But not a quit like I, I walk away. But just some of those days, you're like, am I doing the right thing? So that's the back. Mm. That's the back. And I'll stop there. Thank you. 
Well, I, I really, I, I really appreciate you. And I really, you know, I, I think you're in a position of, of leadership. That's one that I, you know, it's hard for me to empathize with because, you know, I don't have a team. I sit here in my room and I, I clickety clackety click. And, you know, I've been on teams before, but never as a, you know, never as a, a leader. And I, I can only imagine how difficult it is to understand, like, I mean, being a vulnerable leader is walking a tightrope because you need to install confidence in your, in the people that look up to you, but you also need to be real with them. And that's, I'm, that's threading a very small needle. But what I wanted to particularly react to and what you said, which I can strongly relate to is this question of like, why am I sharing? Um, because it's, it's, it's really interesting, I think, specifically when you look kind of at this men's work space, you know, there's a lot of really interesting people sharing a lot of interesting, vulnerable stuff. And I think 99% of it is, is positive. It's directed, you know, in a way that's meant to, to show the cracks and to, you know, let people in and to help people understand that, like, you know, everyone's got problems and everyone's got shame and everyone has their own work to do. And, yeah. you know, for me personally, a lot of what I have, you know, what kind of brought me into this space is, as I mentioned before, you know, I had, when I, when I was in sports, I like had this thing hanging over me. I was really just anxious about sex and had performance anxiety and just never really could talk about it. And it just was just like, you know, skeleton in the closet. And, did a lot of personal work to kind of move past that and, you know, ultimately kind of managed to look at it from a psychological perspective, from a medical perspective and kind of, you know, put it behind me. But what's been interesting in the last six weeks or so is, you know, been tweaking some medical things and, you know, some of that stuff has come back and it's brought a lot of shame for me because it's the thing that I've, talked about and been, you know, open about, but also from the perspective of like, oh, that's behind me. And so in the same way that you thought about, you know, you were asking yourself, why am I writing about this talk and no one's showing up? Like, is it my ego? Am I looking for, I'm sure you were asking yourself, am I looking for praise? Am I looking for an attaboy? Or like, yeah. look how cool I can be in response to this. And I, I'm asking myself the same question, you know, I wrote something about it and and I'm like, you know, actually haven't published it yet. And partially because I'm asking myself that same question. Why? Like, why am I writing about it? What am I dealing with? How, what is it helping me mm. process? And more importantly, like, how can it help someone else? And, mm. you know, where I'm at with it is, you know, my conclusion is that as long as, you know, I'm sharing that with authenticity and integrity that, you know, it can help someone else. Um, and you know, the, it's worth it, you know, and I'm hopefully not trying to get pats on the back. I'm hopefully trying to help somebody, you know, as my primary motivation. Um, but I think it's, it's an interesting and complicated dark side to this notion of not just being vulnerable, which is often in a private setting, but being vulnerable publicly, yeah. writing, yeah. podcast, speaking, yeah. Because there's a whole nother reward system that comes with that 
And I think a lot of people, not just men, need to be very thoughtful about why they're sharing, what they're sharing, and you know, sort of what the energy inputs are for them um, that are driving, you know, the choice to do so. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to come back to that after you share the back. I'm going to come back to that statement you just said, being vulnerable publicly, right? Yeah. And I, and I, I'm going to come back to it. So I'm going to let you share the back and then I, yes. I don't want to steer us anywhere too far away. But I, but that's a powerful statement, like being vulnerable publicly. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. So here's my the back. It says, uh, <laughs> selfish, judgmental, and stressed. And, you know, contrasting that with nice, easygoing, and confident, you know, and I would add scared, but, you know, you can only do three. So oh. um, we'll take four. Know, we'll take it. We'll take it. I think, you know, there's... It's tough. Like we all have that, that, you know, yucky shadow version of ourselves that, mm. you know, we don't like to see show up. And I think for me, when I really, when my inner critic gets loudest is when I'm, you know, like, you know, when I'm being judgy of other people and I'm like, Hey, like, what do you, why, like, why are you being judgmental? You know, yeah. or when I'm feeling stressed or anxious, you know, the anxious version of me, um, I get real, I have a lot of, you know, maybe just, um, I don't, I don't like that guy, mm. you know, but he's part of me. And unfortunately I wasn't born, you know, a hundred percent nice, confident and easygoing. There's a, there's a very stressy person inside me that, you know, has served me well in a lot of cases, but also like, you know, doesn't always show up in ways that I like. Um, and yeah, and I think too, like, it's important to say like sports and, you know, pursuing craft excellence of any kind is a very selfish pursuit because you have to, it's hard to, to give to other people when you're, when you're trying to put as much energy into, you know, progressing and whatever it is, your goal set is. And that can lead to some habits that are hard mm. to break, even when you leave your sport or leave your craft or profession or whatever it is that you've spent a lot of time and energy getting good at. Leaving those habits. And those, I mean, thank you for, first of all, thank you for sharing the back of there. I appreciate that. Uh, I resonate with, I resonate with, with those as well. Um, and I, th and I think about maybe even when you talk about the habits and I think it comes back to that part about when we get a chance to like share publicly and the writing that you're talking about, like, I wonder, is it possible to be vulnerable if it's not public? Is, is it, is it vulnerability? If, if I'm by myself in the mirror, am I being vulnerable to, can I be vulnerable to myself? It, is it? I'm just, it's just a question. I don't, I don't have an answer for it. I'm just, I'm just, when you said it, I'm like, huh, what? It, I think it only, well, I, I, in my current level of thought, right, because it's only five minutes old, right, this thought, but is it possible to be vulnerable if it's not public? Hmm. I think it's, a, it's an interesting question. And like, you know, the strategist in me like envisions three 
concentric cir- circles, mm. you know, where there's, you know, I, I, I don't know if vulnerable is the right word, but mm. honest with yourself. You can be honest with mm. yourself in ways that you weren't before. Yeah. You know, you okay. when you recognize a behavior or you recognize a pattern, you know, of thought that you've been denying or, uh, you know, sort of um, intentionally not interrogating like that. Yeah. I think there is there is a, a degree of vulnerability in that. But yeah. vulnerability, I think, in the Brene Brown, you know, context is requires at least one other person because oftentimes you're afraid of judgment you Mm. know you're afraid of rejection that's right and so showing them the dark things that you fear they might reject or judge you for is part of that equation and i think when you when you widen it to the third circle, which is public, which is for an audience uh, of people who are not trusted, close friends, family members, colleagues, mm. et cetera, with whom you have a pre-existing relationship, that's where it gets interesting. Um, and the way that I've kind of thought about or conceptualized it is, you know, there's vulnerability largely happens with the people that you're close to. When you step outside of that, it there is, of course, vulnerability involved, but it's more public disclosure. Mm. And there's a different mm. set of, like, like I was saying before, there's just a different input-output of motivation-reward that mm. guides that kind of behavior. And... They're, they're related, but I think distinct in, you know, and need to be, need to be thought about differently. I mean, as I, as I think of, as you say that, I think the motivation versus the reward, the, the, the three interloping circles, I'm, 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 I'm a visual, so try to draw it, the honesty, the vulnerability, and and I think is that in the third part, the third the third part of those circles, I think was that what you said the motivation versus reward, like what is it? What what what, what am I going to get out of this decision? What what like 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 there there's something that I'm going to get a, a good feeling about it. I'm going to get some relief about it, right? Because I've been stuffing it. It's probably building up pressure. Even could be building up health issues, right? It could be building up more negative habits or more unhealthy or more unfavorable habits that are. That I have to navigate through, right? And I think, I think I'm really gonna draw this out. I'm trying, I'm gonna try and draw this out because I think I'm, I'm envisioning that too. Like when I, when I, when I'm looking at, when I'm talking to myself, when I'm having that conversation with self, and I'm being honest. Like, like if I'm being honest, I would say the university didn't do their part. Like I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't self promoting this talk. I was. I was brought in to do a talk, right? But something I was really passionate about. So if I was like, if I want to, I'll be honest. But when I, but the, but what what covers that up really quickly is ah, people are not going to listen to that. People are not going to believe that. You can't blame them. Like you're just trying to cover up your own, right? So I go into the story, right? So I think when you think about the honesty versus the vulnerability, 
Like I know what my heart wants to feel, but I also know what messages, what, uh, who said this? I don't know who said it recently, but I heard it. It was like, the way you think about yourself is usually the lens at which you may believe everybody else thinks about you. So since I deep down have this belief about myself that uh, you're upset because there was nobody there as opposed to you want to have impact on the world. I know like where the roots are, like the shadow is like always trying to look good, right? It wants to protect you. It wants to make you exist. It wants to keep you alive, right? And so I think all those ways I think about this work. And when I think about it, I think about this work in a very personal way, right? And I think one of the things I'm, I'm trying to get better at and I'm not good at yet is writing it. Like getting into the writing phase, right? I think even if I'm just writing a sentence, right? Like I'll run from it because I tell myself I'm not a good writer, right? So the, the, to be vulnerable about my writing is to say, hmm, I'm going to write this. And somebody may take it out of context or they may they may twist it or they may misunderstand it or they may disagree, whatever it is. But I would hope that they disagree rather than they think they, they, they take it out of context. But because I'm so afraid of what that may happen, I just don't write. <laughs> I just, I just, nah, okay, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to, and I think that those are the things that, even as a speaker, it's sometimes, you know, you got to worry about that, but I can at least ha add another sentence to clarify what I said, as opposed to, like, if I didn't know that what I wrote wasn't clear. So anyway, it's, it's, it's making me think a lot. I don't know, I don't know where, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, thank you for even mentioning the vulnerability publicly, because it made me actually think about all those pieces of of my, of my work and my my, my speaking and my content that's something I'm trying to share with the world. So mm. thank you. Thank you for that. Well, it's interesting that you, you're, I mean, the, the concern around um, writing is that, you know, it'll be taken out of context or manipulated, you know, by, by someone else that, you know, maybe, doesn't have your, you know, that doesn't want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, because it's, I, I feel that same fear about speaking, you know, mm -hmm. like I have always, I've done oh, at this point, a lot of speaking just, you know, as an outgrowth of Olympic related things. And, you know, um, you know, now I guess the, the work and the, you know, my interest with kind of the masculinity and men's workspace and, um, you know, but it like a, a drop in the bucket, I'm sure compared to you, but public speaking has always made me very, very nervous, like neural on a neurological level. Yeah. And, um, so there's a part of me that feels safe when I'm writing because I can spend a really long time working through one sentence. Yeah. And also I can make sure that it's padded by all of the caveats and all of the, you know, like, well, you could look at it this way. You could look at it that way. You could, you know, and I can, I can really distill what it is that I'm trying to get across. Whereas when I'm up on a stage or even in a, even in an interview context, like, you know, I could say the thing, not quite the way that I mean it. And even if I backtrack and try and explain the thing, I've already said it, I can't edit it. Hmm. And I think that's where, that's where writing becomes actually a really powerful tool for um, expressing yourself because you can spend hours choosing one word and it's very time consuming and very emotionally taxing. But at the same time, like 
Mm. When you're forced to put it down on paper, you can, you're, you're also forced to like, I'm forced to figure out what I actually think. Mm. I can kind of like, I feel like I can freestyle enough in conversation to <laughs> not, to not really put my foot down and say anything with mm. writing. I, there's a lot less leeway, you know, you, or maybe a lot less patience or tolerance with that kind of, you know, wishy-washy, buzzwordy stuff that, <laughs> you know, sometimes happens. Yeah. Oh, man, you know, thank you. For, actually, I, I, thank you for sharing that because actually, that's actually interesting, right? Like, maybe where we find our strengths is those places that we're willing let me think about that. I'm trying to think about the vulnerability piece, right? Like, you know that there's a place in the writing that you can get it to the where you really want it, right? Mm-hmm. And so then it lets you just be free with, like, this is, I'm owning this piece, right? I, I wrote it, I worked on it, I spent time on it, and I own it, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe the other side is, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. I mean, it gives me it gives me some thoughts to take this in this next conversation, or just like take this conversation further. As we, you know, in this conversation, we're not here to fix anything. We're just here to like explore. Like, I have to imagine like you and I get a chance to like have this conversation. We've never had like a deep conversation before. We never had a official conversation before, like besides just that panel. But like, I, I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit better, you know, more mm-hmm. than I would have in the in the bio, like. And as I get, and as I plan to sit down with my journal tonight and write, which I oftentimes will just avoid, <laughs> I'm gonna actually like be like, okay, what if you just don't try and write five thousand words? What if you just write one sentence today? Mm-hmm. Right? What if I just really push past my fear and my doubt and just say, I'm if I commit to one today, right? Maybe I'll do more, but let's just say I'm going to commit to not trying to, not trying to make it fancy that like, don't worry about the fancy part. Just what if I just get one out that I'm like, oh, that's a good thought for today. Mm -hmm. That's a good reality of my life. That's a good anecdote about something I've been through. That's a good memory that I want to write. Like, like what if I just, it's giving me inspiration to just stop right there. Cause I think oftentimes I try and think, if I sit down, I have to write the whole book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not the case. But so, thank you. First of all, thank you, thank you for the for for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 glad it resonates. You know, because I'm sure there's a lot that I could take. I mean, if you explained how you think about speaking and the impact that it has, and you know, I'm sure that your the way you frame that you know, would help me, you know, because there's part of me on some level that's like, oh my God, when I get up in front of a microphone, you know, I'm just trying to hold it together, you know, and like get cogent sentences out. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'll put it another way. Like I don't use my nervous energy as a, as, as fuel. It kind of like, it's kind of moving the, moving the earth beneath my feet and, Mm. Um, I'm sure there's a framing mechanism in there that I could borrow from you that would help me, you know, make that feel easier for me. Mm. 
Man, well, I would love. I mean, I would love to. I would love to. Uh, anything I can do, you just let me know. I would love to have a conversation about that. I, I think. I think if I'm trying to think of it fast right now. I'll be making up something, but I think. Yeah, no, I would no, love, I'm I would, not not putting you on the spot to no, come no. up with some gem or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I was more. It was more uh, in the spirit of. Uh, uh, you know, I think we all we all have our stuck places, and yeah. you know, if we if we. To the point of like, nice, easy going, confident. Like, you know, I think it's just important to not be like, oh, I got that. I love that. I'm so good at this. I'm good at all these things. And, you know, because it's just not true, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, you know, I'm I'm glad you just said that part. That part you just said actually helps me realize what I would, if I would say anything, is that I try and start there. I try and start when, they, especially if we're going to introduce somewhere, right? Because they pump, they put this bio. I've re, probably written the bio, or they've edited it, or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I got to live up to that thing, that image. And so I usually just start off with like, like two weeks ago, Monday, after that one day happened, the, the group it was a group of educators on Monday morning. Like, let's go! Right, new, they're in New York. I'm here, and I'm like. Oh, uh, thank you for the thank you for reading the bio. Glad to be here. And I said, I just want to tell all of you, you know, uh, that's the highlight reel. That that bio, you know, I wrote it. It's all true, but I don't usually feel that. So let me tell you what happened Friday. And I told them, I, I pushed my, I, I just told them about what happened on Friday with the Z, with the room of nobody. And I was like, yeah. So I'm, I don't have, a, I don't have any. There's no, there's no finish line. There's no punch line. That's what happened. I'm still navigating what I feel about it, but I just want to tell you that that as much as that that thing is all real, there's so much more to me. Yeah, and they let me for myself realize I'm no I'm not here to try and pretend I'm anybody special necessarily. I'm just trying to give a hundred percent of my of my heart to the space. So, with that being said, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I would like to ask you: Is there any you know as you as we close up, I just want to know, is there anything, because in these conversations, our goal is to show men around the world that we can have these conversations. And and I think it's beautiful to be able to have a conversation with someone about real stuff. And and there's no, I'm not, I'm not here to fix you. You're not here to fix me. We're just here to share with each other. And is there any message you would have to people out in the world um, about any topic that we talked about today or just about these masks in general or in, in, the, in the readers that you have reading your stuff? Like, is there any message you would like to share with folks before we close up? Oh man. Um, I mean, a lot of things come to mind and I think what's, what's tricky is always finding the one that doesn't feel like a platitude. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's a lot of platitudes in the world yeah. at this point. And um, I guess, I mean, I, or, I or, guess. Or maybe, or maybe reframe it to like, What's the message that you are carrying forward with you just from this? Maybe that yeah. maybe it's not a maybe it's not a, like a message to them. It's like, yeah, I'm taking away this for myself, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I, honestly, like what I try and do in my writing work and you know, in navigating this path of life is just like the more honest I can be with myself, the more honesty that I can put in my work, you know, and I, I say that with a little bit of an asterisk because there's a, 
sometimes honesty can be used to, you know, shield, you know, unpalatable opinions, or it can be used to, you know, I'm just being honest, man, just being honest, like say insensitive things. So, so the, the, the authentic, helpful kind of honesty, I try and steer towards that as much as I can. And, you know, and I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to probably write some things in the future and get dunked on and, you know, and be like, Hmm, that was, that was, that was not, that was not good. I shouldn't have done that, but I, hopefully I'll learn from it and, you know, you know, get to, I guess, just keep that. If I keep that in my bullseye, mm. you know, that's, um, I feel like that's a, that's a good North star. Man. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I feel that. Is there any a way that can people, how can people find your writing? Like what is a way people, do you want people to follow you? Is there a thing, is there something you're working on you want people to know about? How would you like people to learn about the writing? Like how can they find you? If, if you yeah, want them absolutely. Found. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. I think the, the best place to keep track of me is on, I, I write a newsletter called The Mandate. Um, it's on Substack. Uh, you can get there. It's Mandate Letter dot com um so yeah subscribe there it's free it's you know i send stuff every week or two and i try and send either great links or things i'm thinking about little essays and stuff that's probably where i'll post that essay that i was talking about earlier um you know you can also check out some of my my you know published work with men's health like if you just google jason rogers men's health you'll You'll see I've probably written close to, you know, like 10 things there, um, some of which I'm really proud of. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm all I'm on all the typical socials, but uh, all right. I think the mandate letter is or, you know, the mandate is where I uh, where I um, where my heart and soul is for right now. And we will link that in the show notes so people can find it there. And uh, Jason, it's been a great time talking to you. Thank you for. Your patience. Thanks for being with and navigating the the tech and tech held in, held in for us at the end of this. So thank you for being here and I'm looking forward to our, our next opportunity to connect. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. Right on, man. Folks, if you want to make a mask, you can do that at millionmask.org anonymously. Jason and I shut our mask publicly, but you don't have to do that. You can actually just go there. Over 65,000 people from 40 countries have made masks. And so um, just go and make a mask, millionmask.org. And if you're inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody. I look forward to seeing you in the next time. Take care, folks. Taking Off The Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off The Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.